This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 31st, 2019. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. Good morning. I want to just take a minute and offer a, a disclaimer on something that, was, uh, that I shared last week in the message. Uh, toward the end of the message, I said, all lives matter. And that's true, but a friend this week uh, shared with me that uh, that could possibly be uh, kind of um, taken other than it was intended, you know, and uh, uh, it's become a kind of a political statement, taking on kind of a life of its own, and um, some ramifications that were certainly unintended when I shared that last week, because uh, when I shared that, it was not a political statement, it was meant a as a theological statement. It was a statement not about um, us, but it was about God. That being said, though, uh, and that being shared by the friend, I understand how it could possibly be misunderstood and might be heard me saying things that I certainly did not intend to say. So maybe better wording would have been, we all matter to God. Amen? We all matter to God. Say it with me. We all matter to God. Amen? Amen. Thank you. So... Yeah, we're clapping for God. There we go. Good morning, Connection Church. It's the fourth Sunday of Lent, and we're in the middle of the series in which we're exploring the I Am statements of Jesus that we find in the book of John, fourth book in the New Testament of the Bible. This morning, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Good morning, Connection Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, those of you who are joining us on Facebook Live. We have a lot of people watching, and I'm really excited as I see who is on there. And I'm not going to call names out, but we've got someone from Southwest. Well, Glenn, hi, from Southwest Florida and Ocean View and Wilmington and Mary in Oklahoma and, of course, CJ in Texas. And everybody around, we are so grateful that you are part of our worshiping community as well. Did I say my name? No. I'm Carrie Jones. Did I say my No. And I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Before I pray, I just want to see if everybody that is in um, elementary school has an orange clipboard with a bingo card on it. If you don't, raise your hand. Oh, we've got one up here. Anybody else? All right, we're going to have a little fun with this today. Nine o'clock was, like, really fun because some things happened that I didn't realize. So here's the thing. Here's the thing with this bingo card. While we're preaching this message, we are going to share some words. And we think that... By the end of the message, you'll have bingo, okay? So when you get bingo, you're not going to shout out bingo. We want you to shout out Jesus, okay? So let's practice. Okay, so you get it. What do you say? Jesus. Jesus. There you go, all right? Okay. Um, thank you for playing along with us. And I just want, we want you to know elementary school kids, we're really glad that you've been here with us. 
through this time in the Everett. We do have some, a really cool space for you set aside in the gym at the new church. So it's going to be great. Anyway, let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's no accident that any one of us are here at the Everett or online watching. Lord, may your word penetrate deep into our heart that we might be changed and transformed by your word. We give this time to you. Remove distractions, Lord, so that we can focus. And we pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody said, amen. All right, so as Alan said and as Jason said on the video, this is the season of Lent. That's a freebie. You can go ahead and X that out. Lent. Lent is when we carefully consider the sin that separates us and God, that chasm that is there. Lent is a time when we realize our mortality, that we don't live on forever, but that we can live on forever when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ here on earth and in heaven. Lent is that time to dig deep and look inside and realize our utter need for a Savior. And so here we have Jesus doing some very deep teaching, actually, in chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17 in John, where Jesus is preparing his disciples for life without him. He will be leaving them soon, and he's trying to get them ready for, so that they can carry Jesus' message into the world once he's gone. In the chapter just prior, <clears throat> just prior to this, chapter 13, Jesus shared his last supper with his disciples. As they shared this meal in a borrowed room, there was no servant to wash feet, as was custom, because it was a borrowed room that wasn't their home. And so Jesus took on the task, the role of servant, as he washed the feet of the disciples as he washed the disciples' feet, telling them when he finished that they should do as he had done, take on the role of the servant. After the meal, Jesus shared with them that one of them was going to betray him, the one to whom he would give a piece of bread. And he gave that bread to a guy named Judas and, and told him to do it quickly, and Judas left. But you know, the disciples didn't quite understand, the Scripture tells us. They didn't quite understand what was going on. And so, after this, continuing on in chapter 13, Jesus told them that he would be glorified and that God would be glorified in him. And that he, Jesus, would be with them just a little while longer. And that he was going to a place where they could not come. He told them to love one another, and that in the way that they loved one another and others, that people would see Jesus, that others would know that, um, know about that love. So there was one of his disciples, and his name was Peter. Peter said that he would lay his life down for Jesus, and that's when Jesus informed Peter that before the rooster crows, Peter would deny him not once, not twice, but three times. 
And so that's the backstory that leads us into the beginning of chapter 14, where Jesus tries to prepare and comfort his disciples. We'll be looking at John 14, verses 1 through 10. Let's look at verse 1 right now. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Amen. And so Jesus, so he's just finished telling his disciples that he's not going to be with them any longer. And that where he's going, they can't come. And that he's going to be betrayed. And that Peter, like his right-hand man, Peter, is going to deny him not once, not twice, but three times. And then after all that, he says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Really? Are you kidding? Do not let our hearts be troubled. I'm sure they're thinking. After all the talk about Jesus not being with them. How, how can they not let their hearts be troubled? How could they be anything but troubled? How could we be anything but on edge if we were in that situation? <laughs> think about what you just told us, Jesus. I'm sure the disciples were thinking. Three years together, and now it's crumbling. It's collapsed, and it's falling apart. And you tell us, do not be troubled. Maybe you've been there. I know I have. When we're in the midst of a circumstance that really feels crisis mode or a calamity where nothing seems right, and everything is just going upside down, inside out, going south, and then you have a friend that comes up to you and says, it'll be okay, it'll be okay, and sometimes when I'm in the midst of that and somebody comes and says, it'll be okay, I'm like, talk to the hand. It doesn't feel like it's okay right now. <coughs> and I didn't say talk to the hand this week, but I did say it doesn't feel okay right now. But sometimes we just want to say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And of course, we try to kind of hold it back and and not say it when we're feeling like things really aren't okay. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You know what the key to that is? Jesus gives it to us in the very next line. You believe in God, believe also in me. When nothing, nothing is going right, everything's going south, doesn't look like it's going to be okay, when all else fails, Where's the one and only place we can turn when we got no place else to turn? God. God. When you believe in God, you turn to him. God is our ultimate go-to in those times of trouble. And so we turn to God. We can certainly turn to God in the flesh, God in the here and now, the God we walk with and talk with. You believe in God, you also can believe in Jesus Christ. And so when we've got nowhere else to turn, turn to God the Father, which means we can turn to his one and only son, Jesus. Continuing on, beginning at verse 2, Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the place where I am going. Mm. 
How comforting is that? You're a sinner, I'm a sinner, disciples are sinners, and yet they knew he's going to prepare a place, a heavenly place. But here's also what he's saying. He's saying, when I leave, I'm not leaving you an orphan. I'm not abandoning you. I'm not cutting my ties with you. I'm going to my father's house to get things ready. I'm doing the advanced thing. I'm checking out, making sure everything is just right for when you follow. He shares that with the disciples. He's sharing it with you and me too. Jesus leads, we follow. And here's the thing that he tells them. <laughs> this is great. My father's house has many rooms. Many, many rooms. Many, many, many rooms. There's room enough for everybody in this place. Each and every one of you, there's room for. Everyone, everyone. No one's going to be left out because of a shortage of space. This is a big, big house, my father's house. Yeah, I'm preparing a place, and I'll be back to take you with me, Jesus says. And by the way, he says to the disciples, you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, say it with me, I am the way and the truth and the life. You know, over and over again in this book of John, Jesus has shared with the disciples the plan, what's going to happen, where is he going? And over and over again, they don't get it. And you got to love Thomas here, you know. He's got that nickname, Doubting Thomas, right? Doubting Thomas. I'm not sure he's always so doubting as that he is just so, so honest. You know, when he doesn't get it, you know, a lot of people try to pretend like they do. He just flat out says, I don't get it. No holding back, no pretense. We don't know where you're going, Jesus, so how can we possibly know the way. And then Jesus delivers that classic verse, our I am focus for this morning. I am the way, Jesus says, and the truth and the life. This is one of those verses where we need to take it and tuck it in. Tuck it in our heart because when we're in a place and things are going a little haywire and going crazy, one of these words, one of this verse, it's 10 words. And it's Jesus, I am the way and the truth and the life. One of those verses that we can cling to. It is a great and memorable and classic scripture for us. There's a Bible scholar, William Barclay, and he said that these 10 words would have really had a great and memorable meaning to those who were listening back at the time when Jesus said this, the Jewish people the disciples were Jews. And so Barclay says that in this simple statement, in this simple 10-word statement, that Jesus took three of the great classic concepts, the great basic concepts of the Jewish religion, and made the claim that they were embodied in him, that these uh, three things were embodied in Jesus Christ. First, the Jews talked a lot about the way. They talked about the way of God and the ways of God. In the book of Deuteronomy, God tells Moses that he, Moses, 
will walk in the ways of the Lord. Later, God spoke through the prophet Isaiah saying, this is the way, walk in it. And in Psalm 27, 11, we read, teach me thy way, O Lord. And then, who is that? Good job, Ellie. All right. All right. Let's everybody say, Jesus. Jesus. All right. There we go. Okay. So, and then uh, Jesus follows all that by saying, I am the way. That was fun. <laughs> all right. So, let's talk about the way. If somebody asks you direction for a direction somewhere, it's one thing to say, all right, um, I'll tell you the way. You go to um, the end of Main Street, and you make a left, and then you go on to Green Street. Oh, that's the wrong place. Don't go on Green Street. Go the other way towards Summit Bridge Road. Um, anyway, they're giving you direction from point. All right. All right. You know, Jesus is all over the place this morning, isn't he? Fiona. Wow. Michael. All right. All right. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Awesome. Thank you. And so, but it's another thing to not just tell the way, but show the way where you literally get in the car with them and you take them to the place. Well, Jesus didn't just tell or show. Jesus said something that was super, super important. He said, I am the way. There's a difference. I am the way. It's through Jesus and Jesus alone that we get where we're going. It's from Jesus and Jesus alone that we go from the here and now to the there and the then, from earth to heaven, where we get where God wants us to be. It's through Jesus. He is the way to God the Father. Jesus is the way. Another great basic concept of the Jewish religion was truth, as with the way we find truth throughout the scriptures. In Psalm 66, 11, we find, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Psalm 25, 5, we read, guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in, all you, you all day, is in you all day long. Isaiah 45, 19, I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is what right. God says. And so over and over and over again, truth and its cousin, faithfulness, are referred to in Scripture and connected to God. Awesome. Everybody say Jesus. Right. Okay. I thought he was correcting me into God and Jesus. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a good point. Exactly. You know, we live in a culture. We talked last week about a culture uh, pluralistic culture. Which I'm going to talk about in a minute. But, right, many paths. But we live in a culture where we all, too often, we hear that truth is a relative thing. And what that meant by that is that truth is dependent on the situation, that it can change, according to some people, depending on the circumstance. Something is true if, otherwise, a lot of buts when Truth is circumstantial when it's relative, a lot of buts. But that's not so with Jesus. What Jesus said was true, absolute truth. But he just didn't talk it. He walked it. He was the absolute embodiment of truth. He lived a life of moral perfection. 
And as such, he didn't just talk about the truth. He lived it. He could literally say, I am the truth. And finally, there's this Jewish concept of life. They were familiar that God brought life. God was the giver of life. So naturally, the Son of God would also be the life giver. We're reminded here of an earlier chapter in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, where John talks about Jesus coming into the world from the very beginning. John. Jesus, awesome. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus is who we're talking about when we mention the Word here in John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, Jesus, was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the life light of the world, of all of humankind. He was there from the beginning, bringing life to all that was created. He came to bring, as we shared last week, and we share many, many weeks, he came to bring life to the full, John 10.10. 10. The evil one comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but he comes, Jesus comes, to bring life to the full, abundant life, true life, life worth living, life everlasting, a life that we get to be a part of. Jesus is the life. So we go back to our scripture for this morning, John 14. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus says. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From, from now on, you do not know him. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. Therefore, no one, no one comes to the Father except through him. We said a couple weeks ago when Alan just um, alluded to that we live in a pluralistic society where people think that there are many ways to God, to heaven, to life eternal. We believe that Jesus makes it absolutely plain and clear that there is just one way, and he is the way. If you know Jesus, you know the Father. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. Okay, so we have um, our wedding picture hanging there in the downstairs in the living room of the house. Ah. And so from the tuxedo I'm wearing, it's obvious that this wedding, 70s, 80s, actually it was 1978. Either that or I just stepped out of the movie Dumb and Dumber. It's one or the, one or the other. Anyway, there's two things about this picture. First of all, many people wonder who Carrie's first husband was. And second, over the years, many people have at first glance mistakenly thought our daughter Devin, was the, who was singing up here earlier, was the bride in the picture, even though this picture is like taken 28 years before Devin was even born. Jesus, everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Okay. And so, see, in our family, if you've seen Devin, you've seen Carrie. <laughs> It's like mother, like daughter, you know. 
I keep telling TC, so when you're married 40 years, <sighs> this is what you got. There you go, Tink. There's a strong resemblance, but not just looks, you see. It's not just a surface thing. Style, personality goes a lot, goes deeper than just looks here. TC. Basically, that's the case with Jesus and his dad. As he tells the disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen my dad. If you've seen me, you've seen my father. God the father, like father, like son. Well, Philip said, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. And so we have Jesus, fully human, fully divine, tough concept to grasp because fully means 100%. How can you be 100% this and 100% that? That's 200%, and that's some really modern math, isn't it? Well, you know, with God, all things are possible, and so that's how it works here. Fully human, fully divine. It's tough to us to grasp. It was tough for the disciples, and yet it's absolute truth. As Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And they did see Jesus, the disciples. He was there in the flesh, living, breathing, and in the end, suffering and dying. <clears throat> and they knew he was fully human. They saw it. And yet he was at the same time fully divine. That word we use at Christmas time, Emmanuel, means God with us, God in the flesh, God coming from heaven to earth, the embodiment of God. We talk about the Trinity, first person of Trinity, God, the Father, second person of Trinity, God, the Son, third person of Trinity, God, the Holy Spirit, all God, yet three distinct persons. We, you and I, we have also seen the Son. We see Jesus all the time here at Connection. I see Jesus in you. When, did somebody say bingo, or Jesus? Great job. Everybody say Jesus. Awesome. You know, when I was coming in today and uh, the guys were out there holding traffic, I see Jesus. When you're on the floor with the babies, I see Jesus. When you're scrubbing walls and floors, I see Jesus. When you are reaching out in care and concern and handling food, and I could go on and on and on and on, I see Jesus, and I see lives that are changed. The old is gone, the new has come. That's why he came for each one of us, that we could shed our old self and, amen, say Jesus, everybody, Jesus, so that we could shed our old self and put on Christ. It's like putting Jesus on every day that we wake up. It's like a new wardrobe. And all these attributes come when Jesus resides in us. And all this comes when we believe that Jesus is the way and the truth, and the life. And so our hearts 
don't have to be troubled. They don't because we believe in God the Father and we believe in Jesus Christ, his son, as well. And so the question for the morning is, what about you? Is Jesus your way? Is Jesus your truth? Is Jesus your life? There you go. Jesus. Everybody should be saying Jesus at this point. Jesus. That was the end of all. Are all your are all your squares full? Everybody say Jesus. There you awesome. go. We got it. Yeah. Okay. Here's the question: When you say Jesus, does that bring um, does that bring you comfort and peace? I hope so. Does it help your heart not be troubled? If Jesus is not your way, your truth, your life, maybe today's the day to step out in faith and open yourself up to that possibility to say, Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Please come to my life and save me. Please be my way. Please be my truth. Please be my life. I'm yours, Jesus. So maybe today is the day to find comfort, to find peace, that peace that passes all understanding. It passes all understanding because logically sometimes it doesn't make sense to be in peace when you're in the midst of turmoil. It, does, it makes absolutely no sense to somehow be at peace when your life's turning upside down. And yet Christ can bring you that peace that passes all understanding when he is the way and he is the truth. And he is your life. Maybe today's the day that Jesus can help your heart not be troubled. I encourage you to pray about that. Before you leave, your way out, way home, don't close your eyes while you're driving. Once you get home, get on your if you'd like to somebody pray with you, we have some prayer. Mike and Maria are over there. In the prayer corner back there. Stop in. Pray with them. Allow them to kind of walk you through this. Allowing Jesus to be your way, your truth, and your life. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Most holy God, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for this glorious day. Thank you for this opportunity to worship. Thank you for... Uh, a time when we can just keep shouting the name of Jesus right in the middle of the program this morning. Wow. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, we praise you. We glorify your holy name. Thank you for being the way, the truth, and the life. And we pray that for those who you are not that yet, please help them to open the, their spirit to that possibility, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pray. All Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.